This year's donations might go to, say, the geology department. Oh dear, not the dirt people. Geology is the study of pressure and time. That's all it takes, really. What kind of activity has turned the lake massive? Look, I'm just a geologist. I like rocks. I love rocks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Geology Flannelcast. My name is Steve. Hey, everybody. This is Chris. Ah, uh, yes. I am Jesse. Welcome, all. Uh, we had a tiny bit of a hiatus due to some uh, life-changing events. Uh, I stubbed my toe the day after Christmas, and that was it. I was, <laughs> I was out. Really put you down. Really yeah. The worst is when you stub your toe and like you hit it and you're like, I don't feel any pain, but I know it's coming. It's like it has, <laughs> there's that lag, you know, or it's like a like a two second lag. And then when the pain does catch up with you, it's like, whoo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, and, but seriously, what, J- Jesse has some news. What do we got there, buddy? I, I burned my arm. <laughs> Yeah. Out oh, a- man, I can see that. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Uh, Taking a pan uh, out of the oven? Uh, no, it was actually I, a lid. I, I bumped it on the lid of a pot, um, but it was the thing where, like, I, I bumped it and I was like, oh, shoot. And then it was like two seconds later, I was like, ouch. <laughs> oh, That's yeah, what they say, yeah, immediately yeah. running under cold water. Yeah, I didn't. I was too busy. I had other things I was cooking. I had a whole thing going. No, I know. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, I, I had another child. Well, I didn't. My wife did. Yeah. It's like that. What was that, that, that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he uh, he's carrying the baby? Uh, oh, Twins 2, I think that was. No, Junior. Junior. That's Junior. what it was. Twins Sorry, two. I thought it was Twins 2 because I think Danny DeVito's in it. Yeah, they're in. T- yeah. Yeah. There's just one Twins. It wasn't was it yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. There only was one twins. Anyways, congratulations, Jesse. Thank Woo! You. Yeah, now, man. What, what great geologist you're naming your your child after? <laughs> she she uh, oh, I should have I should have named her after Mary Anning from uh, yeah fossils. But uh, I don't know whatever whatever geologist named Elizabeth Elizabeth Rose. Is her name, so maybe I'll just call her Elizabeth Rose Quartz. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So we apologize for uh, our mini hiatus there around the new year, but uh, it, congratulations. Thanks. Took us all by surprise. Was not. Was not. Yeah, we planned. we thought we were going to miss an episode at the end of January. So. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, you know, it, I think it worked out, <clears throat> and then. Chris, on the other hand, le- yeah. less less exciting. Yeah, Chris. Chris got the uh, coronavirus, which stinks for him uh, and his soon-to-be wife. But uh, Chris is powering through it. So we we did miss last week because Chris had the Rona. I'm a trooper. I'm going. You know, I I decided like you know the final uh, test comes ha- first. Hang on, hang on a second. <laughs> I know you're going. With I, I too had the coronavirus, but I missed zero episodes. I just <laughs> want to say that out loud. Listen, it's all about the timing, and just, I, it just so happened that the day that my symptoms really started to ramp up coincided with the day of the flannel cast. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And unless you wanted to hear hacking and coughing nonstop for for a solid hour, I'm just saying. I think it comes down to dedication myself, but whatever, you know, well, we're, we're back. We're ready. Well, the, 2022 so the today is every time you hear a cough in the background, take a sip of beer. 
and uh, you'll be well on your way to being happy. Yeah, yeah. Make sure, make sure you have a thirty pack next to you. You'll yes, be coughing, and and I'll fall asleep on the microphone. You'll just hear me snoring. <laughs> yeah. So I apologize in advance if you hear any coughing in the background. I'm all right, but I just got this this uh, nagging cough that's just it's annoying and it's persistent. Yeah. So I, I think this this episode will be a bit abbreviated, but we didn't we had been gone too long. We need to yeah. Talk. Missed you guys. Yeah, just need to do this. But it it was the longest hiatus we've had in yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Since, since the reboot. So um yeah, well we we won't be won't be like our other shows, very polished and <laughs> top of our game. Might be a little rusty. <clears throat> well, figured today. Today we're going to try to do some some things a little differently. Number one, I still got a little bit of COVID brain right now, so that doesn't that doesn't really help the help the situation either. So we decided, what better way to spur some fun uh, conversations about geology than just kind of talking about our favorites, right? I got so, I got a list. Steve has a list. Oh. I have a mental list right now that I'm going to forget in about thirty seconds. They're, they're uh, all is- like on my list, you know, for me to run through this whole list for all of us, it'll probably take, I don't know, two minutes because they're, they're, it's just random stuff that popped into my head over the day and, and going I, through I the geology some- textbook. Yeah. <laughs> I got some things that can, can spur some fun academic debates for us. Uh, all right. Ooh, Drop gonna, it like a sock. Are we going to touch the topics that no one dares touch? <laughs> Oh, geology absolutely yeah. <laughs> we are <laughs> all right chris what what is our uh drop ask ask away i guess all right how about this one right we all know geology is an awesome science because you can go and observe it out in the field and you know what geologist doesn't love going on a field trip right going to see some real rock and some outcrops and stuff so i thought i'd ask you guys what was the first geology field trip that you guys went on? Great question. Ah, let's I, like, I mean, like, like a real geology field trip, not yeah. just like you took some intro to geology class and you walked around the block and looked at the rocks. Like, oh. so, destination field trip. so I, I'm, I'm spoiled. <clears throat> Tell us, Jesse, why are you in, spoiled in that? So uh, doing my undergrad at Penn state when, when I was, I don't know how it is now, cause it's been a few years. Um, but even in intro, I'm trying to think of the big in, not the big intro class, but even in, in the, the major intro, like every lab, we, we had a field trip. Like we just, every class you were in the field and <clears throat> You know, it's it's sort of different from where where we're at now. That's insane. That's a lot of logistics. It it was just kind of like, you know, it was smaller classes. So, but it was just always you could get places. And I assume this is probably how schools out west are. Like you can just get within twenty minutes, you you'd be out of state college, and there there's just rocks. Because you're we're in the you're in the valley and ridge, so there's a lot of tectonics, and so you have a lot of structure. There's rivers, so you have a lot of hydro, and you could do physical with all of that. And it was just there was there was a lot of neat things, neat things to do. 
but the first like real one that I probably the first one <clears throat> where it was like part of part of me I don't I don't have many regrets in life. Here we go. Just this is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But one of the things when I think back of my undergrad, <laughs> I, you know, when I think back of my undergrad and my my academics, <clears throat> I do sort of regret that like I, I I didn't focus enough to take in how cool it was being out there and seeing these things. Like and and part of me I just have like these random memories of being at places but I don't think I truly absorbed how neat all of those things were and I kind of wish you know I knew where those sites were and I knew those fields maybe the field trips maybe it's just like a false memory they actually stunk uh, no I I agree 100% I feel exactly the same way about most of the field trips I was on in undergrad <laughs> because you know you're you're in, in the beginning, you're just kind of doing it because you have to do it. You know, it, when you're when you're in the upper classes, you're you're doing it, and you're you're so focused on getting the assignment done that you're not really taking in the whole picture. And then, you know, fi finally, you know, I don't know, maybe grad school, you you start to appreciate like, oh man, this is just this is yeah. great that I get to do this. Um, yeah, very cool. Uh, yeah. I I lucked out with my first field trip. It was fantastic what was it uh so i was freshman year physical geology uh but the the department actually used to do a fall field trip and so they they asked anyone who was interested in intro to geology which was several hundred people like if you want to go on this field trip i was like yeah sure i'll do that like i had to show up at a professor's house at like 7 a.m on a friday and uh <laughs> You know, speaking of regrets in in academics and college, uh, I pull up and there's my TA for my physical geology lab that I hadn't been to in like three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "I know you. Aren't you in my lab?" I was like, "This is a this is a mistake. I regret this immediately. I should have just stayed home." <laughs> uh, but we went to the Adirondacks in you know wow. upstate New York for yeah. like three days. It was, it was fantastic. Uh, some of the coldest camping I've ever done because I was just ill-prepared. I had like a Kmart tent and a Kmart sleeping bag and yeah, it was, it was freezing, freezing cold, but, uh, but the, the rocks were just, it was gorgeous. And, and the amount of stuff that they showed us, I got my first Eurypterid, my first and only Eurypterid fossil. Like it was. How many Eurypterids do you have? Just <laughs> yeah, exactly. garage, the garage full. <laughs> just, just garage full. <laughs> um, so, you know, and, and honestly, that's when the bug bit me, you know, that's, that's when I was like, this is fun. like, not only is it just cool to be outside and like walking through creeks and all, all this stuff. And then you're hanging out at night, like at a campfire, drinking beers and, you know, talking about science and hanging out with like-minded people. It was just, it was just a really cool experience. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I, I, I think, I, I mean, <clears throat> Uh, not to cut you off here. Chris. No, I'm done. No, I mean, um, I, I, I can't pinpoint. Like, like I said, I, I, we did a bunch, but one of one of the first ones that really made me 
feel like, oh, this is, this is really cool was, and somewhere we all know, it was, it was a trip. We, it was, I think it was the first overnight trip I took. Like you, the same, but it was in, we were staying in Western Massachusetts, but we, we spent the day and we drove down <clears throat> to, um, it actually was on the way up to Western Massachusetts. It was in the Catskills. It was the Route 23A outcrop. And it was the first time, like you can see that angular unconformity, like just so spectacularly. And I remember it being like, oh, this is, this is neat. And then like we drove, we kept driving up into Western Mass and like into the Taconics and just seeing all this structure. And I'm not a big structure guy, but it's where you can sort of see the oohs and ahs of things. But yeah, and then that night, like, oh, we had a campfire. We stayed at the one professor's cabin. It was, it was actually really, it's pretty sweet. And I was like, oh yes, I think these are my people. I think this is where, this is where I belong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about, how about you, Chris? Uh, first real geology field trip I took was up to, uh, Northern New Jersey at the, um, you guys been to that quarry? It's since shut down with the pillow basalts and the zeolites. No, you guys are up in Patterson, Patterson, New Jersey. Uh, I've been to Patterson, New Jersey. I've been inside, uh, some places, but drilling to get awfulness out of the is ground there a, is there a pretty waterfall in <laughs> yeah it's called national park yeah national park new jersey uh yeah that's right uh, oh man it's a neat waterfall i don't i have no idea what you're talking about with this quarry but i've definitely seen i've i've been i've seen the columnar basalts and the pillow basalts mm-hmm. just off a random road like <clears throat> when i was at Rutgers, someone was like hey if you pull off this road you know like route you know, 48 nowhere, North Jersey. And you walk through the woods, <clears throat> you can find some columnar balls. I have a, I have a probably half a meter piece of columnar basalt. That's pretty sweet. Hmm, nice. Is yeah. It- we uh, saw the, the pillow basalts there and I guess they're, they're mining the, the zeolites out of the, uh, out of the rock in there. But, um, you know, let me go off on a little pet peeve I have about geology. Right. Oh boy. And, so I've been doing this for a couple of years now, right? And you keep on hearing the same geology jokes over and over and over again, right? They do get and old. I just, this quick. is more of like a PSA just for the general public out there, right? If you're ever on a geology uh, field trip and you're seeing pillow basalts, don't be that guy. Don't be that person that tries to fall asleep on the pillow basalt and think you're funny and think you're being original. Guess what? It's been done before. And guess what? It's not funny. It's not funny. Never once laughed at that joke. Never uh, thought that joke was funny. So. There's something underlying this. Yeah, there's man. A there's a lot of egg. And I, this is not the first time I've heard you say this. Like, this is. I yeah. think it's the most obnoxious thing ever. I, I just I just do not <laughs> think it's funny for people to pretend they're falling asleep on a pillow basalt. It's just uh, not original. It's been done before. Sorry. It's, un- it's undignified. They're taking away from the processes that created that pillow basalt. <laughs> this is sea floor spreading. This is, you know, this is what led to plate tectonics being, you know, yeah, codified. How dare they? How dare How they is dare right. How dare they is right. 
Um, but anyway, that was, I remember that was the, the first, uh, field trip I ever went on and, uh, got some really, really cool rock samples from that one. It was, uh, that was pretty cool. It was like an eye opening experience. It's like, all right. Yeah. This, uh, this geology thing's pretty cool. I like this. this. Is, I think, uh, this think is all right. <clears throat> nice. Yeah. Well, uh, all right, Chris, uh, what is the next question on our beautiful, beautifully formatted outline? Uh, I think the next question is what's uh, if I don't feel like formatting an outline <laughs> myself, how do I do this, Steve? Man, we are like a little rusty. Seamless. It's seamless. Rusty. We, we'd like to thank our <laughs> sponsor, the formatting formula, formattingformula.com, or you can check out their YouTube videos at YouTube forward slash C forward slash formatting formula for all of your word document formatting needs. Um, you know, if you've, if you're a friend of the podcast, which I hope you are, or if you just listen to us out of hate, I, I still appreciate you listening, <laughs> but, uh, you know, a listen is a listen. That's exactly. A- <laughs> but, uh, as, as you know, the formatting formula has been an awesome sponsor of ours for a f- couple of years now. So, um, please check them out. Uh, you, uh, YouTube forward slash C's forward slash formatting formula. They, they go through all these step-by-step, like awesome instructions on word anything from like the super duper basics all the way up to like reconfiguring your headers and your your like not only your headers but your toolbar up at the top and stuff like so very very cool stuff um or if you're like me and lazy and just say hey formatting formula send them an email and be like here fix it <laughs> this, this is what i want it to look like make it happen and then they spit it back at you but uh make sure you tell them the geology final cast sent you um yeah that's that's all i got what do you did you have another question chris i'm sorry or uh i mean i have a kind of a follow-up question but if someone else wants to go no all right uh, you know what's a follow-up question okay so we talked about the first field trip how about this one favorite outcrop oh that is on my list oh was it on your list yes (laughs) uh and and it, you know, I, I almost hesitated putting favorite outcrop on my list because I'm like, I, that's hard to pick. I don't know. It's like your children. They're all your favorite, but you have the one. I <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, just thinking the other day when we were driving to um, state college and we saw that sweet ah. outcrop on, what is that? 322. 322. Oh, it's- pretty it's so pretty it's the it's the big it's like the anticline there's the layers of coal that are through it is that the one that's on the that i took that picture of that one time and i we put on the flannel cast website yeah geology is rad yeah geology is rad or whatever something you had and then uh there's also a very similar outcrop i want to say it's in wet virginia or west virginia but it um it's it's, it's it's like the root h yeah shoot. yeah but uh like they they even have like an overlook and a, and, yeah. a, and a yeah that that's oh are you talking about the um sidling hill yes that's it yes yes the syncline at sidling yeah. or is the, it's a syncline yeah syncline at sidling hill yes yeah uh it is really really cool too because like the shape the shape of the hill looks like an anticline but then they they put this big road cut in and it's a big syncline. It's just so it's just like it's like someone drew it on a piece of paper. It's so I remember the first time I saw that that outcrop, 
it's on uh let's see is it on 270 or i70 and it's 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 either 270 or 70 in, in uh it's in maryland it's not it's not is it in maryland okay in I, I was on my way to west virginia that's why I couldn't yeah remember. yeah that was that was the first time that I saw that. I didn't even know that that, that, that thing existed, right? So no, I didn't either. Sixty eight. Sixty eight. Sixty eight. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm driving. I was living in Northern Virginia at the time, doing my PhD work, and I was uh, driving out to Morgantown, West Virginia, to uh, meet up with a, a buddy. And so it was like super early in the morning, and like you know, I barely had my coffee, and I was still a little, you know, kind of kind of a little tired, still driving. And then I see that 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 outcrop is kind of off in the distance. And I said, "Is that what I think it is? Is that a giant syncline?" No, you're just you're still sleepy. It's just you know you, you didn't finish your coffee yet. You're still out of it. And sure enough, about 15 minutes later, when I got there, I was like, "Holy crap!" Like <laughs> you know, almost driving off the side of the road because it is. If you if you're just listening to the podcast, you got Google uh, Sidling Hill. Uh, outcrop in in maryland or sidling hill syncline uh sidling s-i-d-l-i-n-g it is it's one of the coolest anticlines that you'll see uh in an outcrop for sure and it's huge it's huge it's what, what is it about 300 feet tall maybe more than that more than 300 gotta, feet tall gotta be it's maybe know. it's close to a thousand feet tall it's it's it's, it's a whole rich side it's crazy yeah it's um i don't think it's a thousand feet tall but it, it's pretty pretty high so the sidling hill road cut uh it is almost 810 feet tall wow yeah pretty cool yeah yeah it's ooh. i'm looking at it wow there's a picture i mean even if you just go on their wikipedia page they have a picture of the road cut from i-70 and you can just see it's just the 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 because the ridge runs from West Virginia through Maryland through Pennsylvania, but you can just see this section of the. It's like they took a slice out of the cake. Yep. Right yeah. It's it's a wild um, outcrop. Yeah. 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 So that and and again, me too. I I I was just on my way to West Virginia for work, and I was like, "What the heck is this?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I and I just happened to they, they have a. a a rest stop there and i just happened to stop at it because i you know I, I don't know how to go to the bathroom or something <laughs> and then i was like just on inspiring yeah it was really cool so i would say i would say that's one of my favorite outcrops yeah that's going that's going yeah yeah um mine you guys are gonna laugh at this i've seen a lot of outcrops in my day right <laughs> i've been around the block kids and, but honest to God, my favorite outcrop is the good old Junietta formation in, uh, where, where's that? Where's that at Jesse Potter's you know? mills, Potter's mills. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. 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 The enigma. Just, uh, so what, what it is, it's this, uh, it's this, oh, it's this beautiful. So the Junietta formation, there's been a little bit of, uh, um, controversy over what type of depositional environment it is. And we can just leave it at that. But uh, <laughs> basically what's happening, it's going from like shallow Marine and you can see the, uh, there's some type of regression going on and go and it switches from shallow Marine to more of a, a falluvial setting at the top. And you can see all the, the paleosol sequences stacked. And it's just like, but the base of this formation 
has some of the prettiest cross bedding that I've ever seen in a sandstone. Um, and so at the very bottom of the journey out of formation, it kind of, it switches to, uh, what, what, what the formation that underlies it, it's called the bald Eagle formation and the bald Eagle formation that actually the top of the bald Eagle formation has the craziest cross bedding. It's the most, it's the prettiest cross bedding I've ever seen in a sandstone hands down and talk coming, coming from a guy that specializes in specifically cross bedded sandstones. It is the, the, the prettiest that I've ever seen. And then it just kind of transitions into the, into the Junietta. You can't really tell where the, where the, where the boundary is. And, um, it's just, uh, every time I look at that, that outcrop, it'll, I always find something new there. We're always scratching our heads. Like what the heck is going on here? And even like, even up the road from just a little bit in Reedsville there, where you can see the top surface of those cross beds. Mm-hmm. So you just have these beautiful surface ripples. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. cross beds are just ripples right <clears throat> it, it really is it's got something for everyone that's that's why it's i like got something that, that's a great way to explain it <laughs> yeah we were just flying a flying a, flying a drone out there. if you find yourself in lancaster pennsylvania in march march 20th to 22nd uh we'll be presenting on the juniana <clears throat> some uh some uh drone drone geology we, Steve, our our ace pilot, he's like a Snoopy on the doghouse, <laughs> flying our Darren. drone. <laughs> you got the red scarf and everything. Yeah, and we're doing some uh, stratigraphy and, and geology uh, remotely. We'll be talking about it, seeing what we could see, because it's it's a it is a beautiful outcrop. Yeah, and and you know, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking of all the outcrops that I've seen, like over, you know, like I've seen like giant sheets of sandstone with ripple marks, but they're, they're completely vertical. So it's like a cliff and you just know that this thing got displaced 90 degrees, like up on its end, Um, you know, or just like like the, the whale back, like how cool is the whale back? This this was an the um the tusker was it at, at seneca the tuscarora sandstone just standing like you know straight up tilted 90 degrees i not that one but i've seen it wow. out in like wisconsin and stuff um yeah just crazy uh what what nature provides us but yeah. well back is an interesting interesting one because i've it never was been a, to that one what what is, what is that one it's, uh, it was a coal that's scene. In the, and in the Catskills, right? No, no, it's in, no, no. It's in PA. It's yeah, in Pennsylvania. It's, okay. It's in uh, Shemokin. I think so. I think it's in Shemokin. Um, but it it was a strip mine. They they uh-huh. stripped all the coal, but you know they stopped when they got to the shale. But so it's just like this big giant hump, and they call it whaleback. It's just a big hump, but it's got all these fossils yeah, preserved. That that what are those? Uh, uh, primitive trees that are archopteryx. Yeah, you see. Oh, you see. Yeah, you see them all over. Yeah, it's it's a big. It's essentially just the anticline. So you, you would find you know the coal in in these in the valleys and in the, the ridges and anticlines and synclines. And so they mined it along the seam. And so all you're left with, yeah, it's like Steve said, it's the shale, but it's mined out, strip mine. And so you just see this huge just anticline within the stripping pit. 
Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually a little dangerous. <laughs> oh yeah. Cause, cause the, uh, the, the limbs of the anticliner, like, you know, by the, by the time you get to the edges, it's probably like 80 degrees. Like it's almost like um, a cliff. The concretions you see in that are wild. Yeah. Um, um, I'll have to, you know, I'll have to check. I've never, never seen that. Uh, that I've always heard people talking about that whale back outcrop before, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good structure field. The one trip. that got away from me when I lived in Pennsylvania. Never got, never got a chance to check that one out. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, kind of reminds me to talk about field trips and stuff like that. I got a funny story. Um, <laughs> back, you know, years ago, Steve, you, I mean, you know this story, but I, I don't think I've ever told this story on the podcast. Years ago, Jesse and I decided to do that uh, that field trip together. We were both teaching uh, sedimentology classes at the same time. Yes. And um, we went up to meet each other at the Delaware Water Gap. And um, so for those of you that don't know about the Delaware Water Gap, it's, it's beautiful. Like water, what a water gap is basically where it, the river cuts through the, the ridge line. So it's the, what is it there? This, the the Kittatinny Ridge right there, right? I believe I Jesse don't... stepped away for a second. But, yeah. Um, uh, was, I, I think, don't know I if it's that one. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? All right. I'm almost, I, I'm almost, like, almost positive. It's Kitty Titty Rich. Um, but anyways, Delaware River cuts right through it and you can just see the stratigraphy exposed the, where it cuts through the ridge. It's really, really pretty. And so it was the first field trip that Jesse and I were like running, running ourselves. You know, we had our classes there. And uh, so we're walking around and trying to uh, trying to orient ourselves right and so we're just trying to buy time our students are asking us questions or whatever and, and it just something something wasn't right with us something we just we couldn't couldn't figure out where where on in the in the stratigraphic section that we were and so we're walking along this one direction and we're expecting uh we're expecting the formation to change and it, it changes it doesn't change in the in the way that we are expecting it to it, it changed into a, a different uh, we see this other formation. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. We're supposed to be going up section. And this is, this is underlying the, the section that we're in. I think it's a, the Schwangung conglomerate. And then it, uh, I forget the, the section that's below. It doesn't matter. But anyways, yeah, we, I, I see the rock formation. I'm like, this is not where we should be. This is, this is the wrong rock formation. And so I'm like, Jesse, we kind of, we kind of do a little, you know, aside as we're like, tell our students, go look at the rocks for a second. See, let us know what you see there. And the, you know, we're just trying to buy time because we're like, what's going on? This is, <laughs> this is not what we think it should be. And then that's when we realized we had our stratigraphic section upside down. We're, <laughs> <laughs> the map was upside down. I said, oh. <laughs> oh, Samsonite way off way off but um oh man it was like you get that that oh crap feeling you know <laughs> hey first time first time field trips you know you got you got those growing pains yeah yeah you got some growth here comes jesse jesse i, I was just just telling the story about uh the 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 Delaware uh, the Delaware water gap uh, field trip was, the upside down strat section a uh, classic be <laughs> like uh someone's gonna be telling the story like this is when i fell out of love with geology <laughs> yeah <laughs> i went on this field trip and these jokers didn't even know what the heck they were talking about they had the thing upside down 
you know, you know, it's, we we pulled it around. All right, we yeah. uh, you to know, be we, fair, uh, the geology and stratigraphy is really difficult in Pennsylvania. Everything's covered. Everything is true. Every everything's covered. Yeah, you go out yeah. west because you can see it all. It's easy. Yeah, yeah. there I said it. Uh, out west, it's all flat. Well, not always flat, but there's a lot of flat stuff out west. Yeah. You know. Did Did East you coast, tell us? Everything's, everything's sorry, we up. have water. Did you tell us your favorite outcrop? Did I miss that? Did I Me? forget it? Yeah. No, sorry. Uh, I am, I'm glad. I'm glad Chris said the Juniata because I was thinking mine's like sort of boring, but the on Route 61 in Pottsville. It's a little bit of a homer here because Pottsville, Pennsylvania. For the yeah, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Because <laughs> I grew up there, but there's a beautiful. You see the contact of the the Pennsylvania and the Mississippian which don't often see it's one of the only places you can see the conformable contact um so you see sort of inner fingering of to of me these, it's all the carboniferous yeah all of these red beds <laughs> and then you have these crazy conglomerates with like perfectly rounded quartz it's insane the quartz are like the size of baseball they're just massive. So these hmm. huge conglomerates, and it's just these massive sections. And in you know, in places where the conglomerates aren't <laughs> as big, you see cross bedding within these huge grains of, of quartz. Really? Oh wow. Crazy. Yeah. That sounds crazy. It is, it is. And then so like you walk up section from the base of it, it's like red bed, so it's you know pretty dry supposedly and then you go up and it, you get into these big conglomerates and so you shed all the sediment and you keep walking along and the grain size drops off and you get into coal seams so you're moving through these crazy this crazy transition from likely glaciation during the mississippian into the pennsylvanian and then some sort of shedding of sediments and you know why you get these big conglomerates is sort of unknown um but then you get into the classic coal of pennsylvania classic classic it's got it's literally got everything what else do you need what more do you need yeah who had 37 minutes before jesse said coal yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to start that pool you know? <laughs> send, in, send in the money All right, that? Right. um no that's that's extremely cool i wonder i don't like frost wedging to to what to get the big giant so no it's it's so they're, they're the thoughts are that it's either this increase in the climate is just getting wetter. So then you're shedding sediments off of sort of the, the proto um, Appalachians. Okay. Or uh, you get rejuvenation from you, you've just shed sediment. And so as you're, so it's sort of a combination, it's getting wetter. Like you, we know it's getting wetter just from, Climate, paleo climate studies. And so as sediment gets shed off the paleo, uh, sort of the proto Appalachians, um, 
it creates uplift from isostatic rebound, which then sheds more sediments, which creates up, uplift, which sheds more. So you get this weird sort of. But with the highly rounded stuff, you're still pretty distal from the sediment the, source. Yeah. I mean, so Pottsville's like in modern day, it's, it's 90 some miles from Philadelphia, which is where the source was. Right? Do I have, do I have my? Yeah, because the basin is in central Pennsylvania. So you're shedding to the west. And it, actually, if you go up the road a bit, you see, um, because yeah, you, you are pretty distal. You got to be a little distal because you're getting coal eventually. And so you have all these swamps. So you're in the sort of that transition zone. You go up the road a little bit. And then there's actually a really cool outcrop too, where you're coming down uh, a, a big syncline, the Minersville Synclinorium. <laughs> uh, and you see these, this huge, Sounds made up. this huge transition zone where you just have like these massive sections of white and red and white and red, you know, not that distinct, but where it's transitioning between marine and, and, and terrestrial. It's this inner fingering of basically sea level bobbing up and down. And you can see it all on the road. Pretty cool. Very You're cool. into that sort of thing. Something and who isn't? Yeah. So, um, all right, Steve, what other, uh, what, uh, what, what, uh, bullet points you got? Well, outcrops off, uh, glacial feature. I'm going to skip that one. Uh, how about geologic time period? <laughs> oh my god the dorkiest thing <laughs> all right no 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 go go ahead go ahead no I, uh, I'm, I'm posing the questions to you two what is your favorite geologic period give me, give me, time period I, I, so i'll go you all think i'm going to say the carboniferous and that's neat but it's probably not the I would have loved if you, I was really expecting to say, and I am going to say the carbon. <laughs> yeah. And you're correct. There's the Pennsylvanian is the greatest period of all. And I don't know. I'm, I might say the Pennsylvania, but I want to go with, <clears throat> I feel like there's certain periods. They get a lot of love. Yeah. Yes. And, and you know, I feel like recently, um, Paleocene, Eocene, the BETM gets a lot of love, and <clears throat> the end Cretaceous always gets love. Even um, <clears throat> the the what's the Catskill is part of the Devonian. Devonian, Devonian. Catskill formation, Devonian, right? Yeah, I think it's. I'm going to go with what I feel like is the underappreciated Ordovician. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, I, wow. I was I was gonna say Devonian or Ordovician, and yeah. I was thinking like, well, everybody talks about the Devonian. Pretty. How about this? If you want to go with the uh, the much underappreciated, how about the mother of all the underappreciated time periods, Precambrian time? 
Nothing. Just pre 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 Cambrian's not a geologic not time a, no, period. I know, I know. It's, it's not an official so, time period either. <laughs> oh, I, I actually, was going to give your COVID brain an extra second to fix yourself, but you didn't. <laughs> but you know what? I'll 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 go with that of the time periods in the Precambrian. I'm going to go with the Cryogene. Yeah, Snowfall Earth. Yep. You've gotta you've gotta love it. Yeah, or the Archean. Yeah, I'm just EO, the EO Archean. And it's crazy when you get into the Precambrian, too, because the EO Archean, which is the beginning of the Archean, I don't know what, um, <clears throat> does it just mean early Archean? Its boundaries are from 4 billion to 3.6 billion. So it's 400 million years. Whoa. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's from the Ordovician or the Devonian to the present. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Old, old time is, is, uh, long. <laughs> old time is long. Old time yeah. is long. Put that on a t-shirt. Uh, all right. What is your, uh, favorite agent of erosion? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> like this is this answer could be uh uh any of the answers could be like the the kids from captain america ice water wind yeah, <laughs> yeah. water wind or ice which it's got to be for me it's ice 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 is a good one this is a good one uh oh, man i mean water is going to be your heavy hitter but what about uh hmm no, I guess that wouldn't be. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't. I don't really have much love for wind. <laughs> <laughs> Just sandblasting stuff. I don't know. Um, there was a there was an article in geomorphology that came out a couple of years ago. Now I think it was like right when we. Jeez. Right when we first started the podcast, we, I remember we were we were sitting around talking about it. I, it might have been on like episode like two or something like that of the podcast, like one of the first episodes that we ever did. They were talking about lightning being an agent of erosion. You yeah, guys remember that? yeah. About how like uh, something about the basically the just kind of the the temperature shock just pff, cracks the uh, cracks the rocks. Yep. And, uh, you can also get that with uh, forest fires. Fires, uh, the the fire gets hot enough, and it actually like delaminates the rock, and they they erode faster. Oh, yeah, 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 like thermal spalling. Yes, thermal spall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you going with lightning as your favorite agent of erosion? <laughs> I'm going to go with the wild card. Go with lightning. Yes, <laughs> they, they did the, I remember they did the calculus. I I couldn't even tell you. The, or anything else about the? I just remember it being like such a wild article, just like lightning, huh? And they they did the calculation like on ridge lines and stuff like that, or you know, you think figure you have like a mountain, something like that, and just you know, how many lightning strikes is this thing going to get nailed by over like whatever ten million years or something like that? And they're trying to say that it could have a uh, yeah, I bet you it has a effect. a measurable effect, probably yeah. teeny tiny but measurable. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, then, you know, frost wedging is always, always a classic though. You know? Yeah. Now it, I was wondering, does frost wedging count as ice? Hmm. 
or uh, or what? I don't know. Or is frost wedging ice? Ice is growing, right? <laughs> yes, but I guess when I think of ice as an agent of erosion, I think of glaciers just like plowing, like steamrolling down the hillside, taking everything, as opposed to just you know. Well, I guess you're right. I mean, like if you're dealing with like erosion, then there's got to be a little bit of, of movement with the. Well, yeah, but you can get that from material. frost wedging. You know, you're on a cliff face. What was that uh, famous cliff face in? Uh, well, I frost New Hampshire would be more than. Oh yeah, the old oh, man, man on the mountain. mountain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're if we're going with erosion, yeah, I don't think that we could say frost wedging because that's weathering, physical weathering. But you're eroding the rock because it's moving too. Eventually, it's going to move, but the gravity would probably. If you're like, I'm well, I'm maybe well without not, gravity. I'm, I'm you know, none of those. Range, but, uh, yeah. Uh, hmm. no. See, you thought that was a stupid question. Here we go. We're talking about it for five. COVID, minutes. COVID brains kicking in right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now I'm embarrassed to ask any of my other ones. Why? What do you got? Come on, come on. What All right. Favorite geomorphic feature? Ah, tidal inlets. Next. <laughs> if his mic wasn't on a stand, he'd drop it. <laughs> Steve, what's your favorite geomorphic feature? Yeah. Sounds kind of dirty when you say that. <laughs> I'm going to go with... Uh... Honestly, just something simple. Point point bars and cut banks. Can't go wrong, man. Can't go wrong yeah. with that. Uh, you know, the first time I saw like a channel in an outcrop, I was like, oh wow. And then, you know. It is cool when you see when you see an old channel in a rock outcrop. Yeah. You and you just channels, you yeah. just see how it's you know, almost all channel, well, not all, almost all, but a lot of the channels you see are slightly asymmetric, and you could be like you know, that that would have been the cut bank. That would have been the point bar. And it's just, yeah. I don't know, just need to see in the rock record. Yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, um, I remember I saw some on one of the field trips. It was a good old mud plug uh, ox filled in Oxbow Lake. That was pretty cool to see. Wow. That was yeah. an Oxbow. Like you just look at it. Like I think it was in West Virginia. West Virginia has got some crazy, crazy outcrops. Um, but yeah, it was, that was a pretty wild one to see. I remember there was another one, uh, another field trip I was on. Have you guys, did you guys see this with, um, Allison's class? She has a, she takes out, you see that giant river channel that filled in river channel in the outcrop by the train tracks. Yes. In like Phoenixville. Yeah. 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 Out there. That's a pretty wild one. Cause that was a, that's a big river. That uh, that got filled in. Yes, that was a cool. One. I mean, that thing had to be thirty feet deep. Or am I just exaggerating it? Because it's, I it's think you're exaggerating system. a little bit, but it, it was it was big. Whatever it was, it was big. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jesse, J Dog, what do you got? Uh, I enjoy a good delta. Estuary, I don't know. What's your uh, Jesse? What's your favorite Delta? Delta Airlines. <laughs> uh, 
Oh boy. The Yukon is a pretty good one. Mm. <clears throat> uh what's the one up of uh, the Lena? The Lena's up in Siberia. Oh man, that one's pretty. <clears throat> Yeah. Huh. I think I looked this one up. Uh, yeah, some, some of the pictures are just wild. The the Rhine Muse is a is a nice you get nice anastomosing system as it comes into the low country there. Oh, I've seen this Delta the Lena. I've seen this uh yes, yeah. yes, the Lena River Delta. Um, what yeah. about the OG one, the Nile? That's all right. <laughs> all right it literally looks like a delta like the letter delta man (laughs) i do do like delta i like it looks like the letter delta plus delta is the the letter we use to denote change because you're transitioning you're changing that's right man i always like that whoever figured that out telling you oh it was uh uh, the greeks i guess (laughs) yeah but they uh Jeez, Marco. Uh, um, Euclid or something. Herodotus. Herodotus. Uh, Herodotus. That's it. Herodotus. Herodotus is the way Herodotus? I. Herodotus. How do you? Is that how you pronounce it? No. You're... <laughs> no. I don't know. <laughs> it's all Greek to me. I don't speak. Uh... Quote Actually, Brutus. It's funny. We, we, we fell on the topic of river deltas because that was going to be the one I was one of the things I was going to say was favorite river delta. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Uh favorite favorite rock sample in your collection. <sighs> Ooh. Rock sample. Huh. Mine is I got this slab of Corbin sandstone. I'm boring. Sand, I know like, I know how boring sandstones can be, but when you dive down into sandstones, like I dive into these things, um, <laughs> I love them. I love them. I love how simple they are. They they just they get to the point. You know, they're not flashy. It's not like these like metamorphic rocks. They're like, oh look, I got to show off. Like no, you got a good slab of sandstone. Just it's good to go. Um, no, it's the Corbin sandstone from. I got this from the Red River Gorge in Kentucky. It's I got a slab of this, but uh, I don't know, about a foot and a half long, maybe about a foot long by, I don't know, like 10 inches tall. It's it's literally a slab of this thing. And you can see the cross bedding in this. And it's it's really, really pretty. Um, nice. I have no idea where I put this sample either. It's like a big, it's a giant sample. I have no idea where it is right now. Um but that's that's like when the first one I think of, I, I, it's just cool because I, I, I had it like on a bookshelf, like on display. It's, it's heavy. It weighs about like 20 pounds or so. But um, yeah, Corbin, Corbin sandstone. Some of the craziest sandstones that I've ever seen in my life out there um, the, at the Red River Gorge. Really, really neat cross bedded sandstones there. Cool. Uh, yeah, I, I, would... got no, I got another sample of Ooh. coal. Yeah, and it's got some nice. some py- it's, it's got ripple marks, and on the top of the ripple marks, there's some pyrite. Now you've got oh, that's neat. Yeah, so it's got it's it's got this little like gold, you know, kind of like this like gold sheen to it with the with the pyrite. But what's happened was I collected this sample. Oh man, I, probably about uh, 10, 15 years ago or so, and the the pyrite is already uh, like tarnishing, and it's not like. Huh. Yeah, it's it's not like that's, that brilliant. It's not that that the shiny gold anymore. It's like this like kind of like brown color. That's weird. I do a, a bunch of. I have some really neat rocks 
that I actually got when I was a kid that I don't have right now. <clears throat> they're my they're at my parents' house, like that they keep on sort of dis display. Uh, and one <clears throat> is this piece of uh, it's it's a shale, but there's so it was under the under clay of of the coal, and there are these beautiful pyrite crystals that are coming out of it that are cubic oh so nice huge cubic and they're you know probably like a, a cubic inch like they're they're pretty big coming out of it uh <clears throat> i'm pretty excited to get my hands on those suckers i also have a and this wasn't from me this was <clears throat> just sort of happenstance when, when i was growing up the house we moved into when i was young the woman who lived there was a collector of things, which is what we'll call uh, tactfully hoarders. Mm. Um, and, but like historical objects. And one of the things, and it all became ours when we bought our house. I think I was in first grade. Um, but one of the things is this huge, like football sized chunk of petrified wood. Mm. It's pretty cool. Um, I don't know where it came from, so you know, don't don't come at me that I come at me, bro. Yeah. And uh, one of the other chunks from that is um, <clears throat> our our this drain outside of our basement was blocked one time, and my grandfather fished it out, and he fished out this huge piece, and I assume it was from this lady's collection. It just fell down. I don't. It, I don't think it was in place but this beautiful huge calcite crystal it's just uh pretty spectacular calcite you get some nice yeah. chunks of calcite man dude some of that stuff's worth a lot of money too yeah and that's that's why i think like she had this collection of like she was well off so she had this pretty spectacular collection of, of stuff that's pretty awesome man yeah I was just gonna say, like St. Clair fossils. <laughs> those are pretty spectacular. Yeah, I mean, th those are yeah, the fern fossils. Um, they're, they're pretty cool because I collected them. You know what I mean? Like, I have a pretty sweet, like, piece of petrified wood in my cabinet. It like, when people come over, they're like, "Why do you have a chunk of driftwood in your?" display case and i'm like here hold it and it you know and it weighs like 15 pounds they're like oh I'm like yeah that's all new minerals that were replaced by let's talk so, about different types of fossilization there you go what's your favorite mode of fossilization <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's got to be a cast or mold because in my mind they're the same thing <laughs> i always get them i always have to think real hard about that I, you you know i use the garbage can analogy all the time have you ever done like if you had a garbage can and you filled it in with like concrete and then remove the garbage can the concrete would be a cast whereas if you just coated the outside of the garbage can and then pulled the garbage can away that imprint would be a mold because the, the mold, I, I the, like it. The mm -hmm. mold is the impression and the cast is the 3d representation. of. I don't know why a garbage can filled with concrete is what I think of. 
I know what I know what to get you for your birthday. (laughs) (laughs) On my driveway. What? I can't. How am I going to get rid of this? Just a 700 pound (laughs) block of concrete. (laughs) Here's a nice cast for you. (laughs) You can thank me later. (laughs) Uh, The automatic. Uh, garbage truck comes out and tries to pick it up with like, robotic arms and it just breaks and starts smoking and... <laughs> oh boy I owe the township money uh, yeah nice well this this is a fun little episode going down our you know yeah you know just cracking our heads open peeking inside for a little bit yeah uh, you know yeah just yeah uh... Figured it'd be a, a fun, lighthearted episode for today. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other last minute topics I can I, that are coming to coming to my mind real fast. Uh, what's your uh, favorite layer of the earth? Uh, I'm, I'm all about the crust. Yeah, it might be the crust too. No, 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 no moho. I do like the moho. Without the inner and outer core, we'd be we'd be dead. That's a good point. Without the crust, we'd be dead. Without the mantle, yeah. we'd be dead. We, we, <laughs> we could live on the mantle. If all of a sudden tomorrow the crust ah, is it's so gone. hot, it's so hot. Ow, ow, ow. It would, That's what I'd be saying. Is I, yeah, I, I don't think you want to live in the mantle, right? Yeah, I think you'd be uh, it'd be the equivalent of like walking around in like a Hawaii lava flow. <laughs> but it's solid solid but it's kind of mushy that's yeah that's that's how i describe myself <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm more mushy but kind of solid <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah uh, that's uh, other than that like favorite fossil all right, all right here, favorite, we go, here we go here we go here we go mineral. i got one no i i got one Favorite historical geologist. Oh. Char- Charles Lyell. Uh, you know, I was going to say Lyell was a badass man. Yeah, I was. I was thinking of some of those old paleontologists, but a lot of them are pretty par- problematic. Uh, you can always go with Mary Anning, as I said earlier. Oh, there you go. But I'm going to pick. The forgotten geologist, Charles Darwin. Ah, Chuck. Chuck D. He was on the Beagle as a geology is what sparked his passion in the natural sciences. Did you know how many islands he hit up on that on that expedition he was on with the Beagle? It was a five year journey. He was all over. It wasn't just the Galapagos. Homeboy was like all over. Well, it was. It was funny. So I was just, I was actually just um, listening to something yesterday where they were talking about it. And he was only on that journey because the guy who was in charge of the expedition, um, because it was, I forget who was commissioned by, I'm blowing it here, but like the captain or whatever who was in charge of the expedition wanted someone who was of his station, if you will, of his class, because he needed, he couldn't 
like have dinner or, 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 you know, sort of consort with the other people on the ship because they weren't of the same sort of stature or class, like the officers only ate in the officer's cabin. And so he wanted essentially someone. Another gentleman. That he could hang out with. Yeah. He wanted company. Hmm. So he he was signed on as like the the gentleman's company. (laughs) The gentleman's (laughs) company. But there's really interesting sort of like politics that get into play because they were from the same class, but totally different politics. Charles Darwin's family were big anti-slavery abolitionists. And I blanket on the other guy's name was like pro-slavery, which, yeah, that's, yeah, he's a bad dude. Uh, But they, Charles Darwin really wanted to go on this trip. And so they, and this guy really wanted company. So like, we just won't talk about it. We'll be buddies. Uh, because the trip was only supposed to, it was supposed to be like a year and a half, but there was a chance that if, if they had a sail around the world, it would take three years. Yeah. And here, because they stopped at so many islands, it ended up taking five years. Five years. Yeah. I was looking at it. It looks like it started in 1832. Yeah. And ended in. Well, this says it ends in 1836. 18th, I'm sorry, 1831 to 1836. Yeah, yeah so it, and it, it sort of started out pretty, um, like, it started out pretty uh, poorly. Like, they got turned around, like, three times because of weather and whatnot. Well, listen, it, so here's the, here's the path. I'm looking at the map that they, that they uh, sailed. Start off in England, go down hug the west coast of africa hit up the canary islands right and then it looks like then they scoot across the atlantic ocean to brazil at that point and they go all the way they basically hug the coast of south america all the way around back up north into the pacific ocean hit the galapagos then to the galapagos go over to tahiti and then tahiti they basically hit sydney which sydney is the south east corner of a uh, of a australia around australia looks like they go up to like indonesia scoot across the indian ocean to madagascar hug the southern uh what's it, what's the uh, cape of cape, good hope, cape of good in, hope yeah. in uh yeah south africa go back across the atlantic again to brazil just because why not and then basically from brazil they they kind of zigzag back to england that's a hell of a voyage, fellas. <laughs> it's gonna cost a lot too. Like who's who's footing that bill? Who, who paid for that? Exactly. Like and, and it, in the 1830s, like how do you say like no 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 J- Johnny back in London said said we're good. I need <laughs> all this stuff. They're good for it. Just yeah. send them a letter. Well, yeah, like where are they getting their food at? Like, you know, logistics. Right. Yeah. Because Nuts. they're not that just—it sounds like a lot. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and he was the geologist on the trip, and he uh, wrote down natural selection. So. Yeah. Yeah, and apparently, like he, there was something I was just reading a little while ago. Um, he, he also noticed that there was something about they had more. I'm going to screw it up now because I'm stupid COVID brain. I just read a book about this and 
It's not about he looked at the the fauna on islands and noticed how like how just goofy the the life was on these on these <laughs> isolated islands. But it was there's something about the size of the island. There was there's less diversity if there's a small if it's a smaller island and there's greater diversity if it's a larger island. He started picking up on something like that too. Pretty cool biodiversity. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Cambrian. <laughs> Thanks, Chuck. Oh. Yeah. All right. How about you, Chris? Favorite favorite historical geologist. Oh man. I mean, like, yeah, I want to say Lyell just because uh kind of working on something right now that's a little bit of a continuation of uh of uh one of Lyell's projects, but um but uh you know what? Hutton Hutton was a pretty pretty important guy. It was pretty cool, yeah. You know, he he had a lot going on and the thing we talked about this in one of the one of the podcasts before we did a podcast all about Hutton, right? Yeah. Yes. And uh Hutton wouldn't be the the giant that he was today if it wasn't for I forget what his buddy's name, but he uh, Hutton was was a was a poor writer and or had a hard time getting getting his points across and uh but he had you guys remember this his buddy's name that was like no this guy is he's legit like and, and he basically wrote um came out you know with some writing saying that like you know kind of better explaining hutton's ideas yes and i'm totally drawing a blank on this but uh, yeah shoot <laughs> all three of us are squirming right now to find this guy's name <laughs> we did a whole episode on it <coughs> but james hutton was episode 67 yeah Jimmy october hutton. of 2020 good old so, jimmy hutton i'll have to go back and re-listen to that one the answer lies somewhere in that hutton podcast but uh he had uh yeah, that guy kind of helped get Hutton's points across. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, well. uh, I'm trying to see. Well, that is an important point that uh, you can be a great scientist, but if you can't convey your information to the public, you're useless. <laughs> yeah, science communication matters. Yep. Um. All right. What do you say we gentlemen, we wrap it up here? I can think of a bunch of other lame topics of your favorites for maybe the next installment of this. Yeah. Yeah. This was enjoyable. It was. It was fun. And uh as always, check us out on uh geologyflannelcast.com. You can send us some questions. Um, you can check out some merchandise pick up some sweet 2020 swag you know all the who's who's are wearing the geology flannel cast t-shirts around town so and you can also pick yourself up a mug which makes your coffee taste 20 percent better and i had tea out of my mug this evening and i'm not gonna lie it might be 22 percent better so wow that's- uh, my goals for 2022 get some pine glasses and to get some geology flannel cast onesies 
Yes. Wow. Uh, by the way, uh, a good good friend of the show, Michelle, uh, supplied the answer for Hutton's buddy, John Playfair. Ah. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you very much. Yes, that thank is, you. Nice pull. Amazing. Nice pull. That's uh, uh, excellent. Excellent, Michelle. <laughs> um, anyways, Jesse, so I'm sorry there. You're going to get some pint glasses and a flannel cast onesie. This sounds amazing. Um, I can't yeah. wait. <laughs> Nothing says fatherhood like pints of beer and onesies. <laughs> uh, but yes, but if you are a friend uh, of the podcast, you can be a Patreon. Like Chris said, Michelle just came up with uh, an answer for us. So thank you very much. Um and actually, now that I'm looking at the chat, we have a, f- a few other suggestions as well. And I'm, I apologize that I didn't get to it. But um, yeah, so check us out on patreon.com uh, slash geology flannel cast. Uh, we have all different kind of tiers, right? Yeah, yeah. A couple different tiers. Uh, and depending on what tier you get, you get some extra perks with that. You can get to hang out with us while we record these episodes. Uh, yeah, for the uh, unobtainium level uh you get to be jesse's new kid's godfather yeah so or godmother whatever you know whichever yeah lead them down the path of being righteous i don't know hey listen they're already listening to the podcast so that's a, that's a plus in my book yeah <laughs> just teach them to be excellent to each other that's all <laughs> exactly it's gonna be uh yeah keanu reeves <laughs> it's gonna be Eric, it's my Eric. religion <laughs> be excellent uh, but, uh, to each other yeah go check out our patreon website uh you get sec- see some of the extra footage that we have some of the the, pa- uh, the extra uh not footage but what are those little things that we call patreon extras the patreon extras yeah <laughs> thank you what are those, COVID brain <laughs> <laughs> what are those extra things we do for the that? patreons what is that? <laughs> <laughs> hopefully next week i'll be firing all cylinders yeah um, Good yeah, times. all that's on Patreon. Also, I want to give a shout out to a new our new uh, Patreon friend, uh, Jamie. Jamie is trying to put together uh, a little study group for the March 2022 PG exam. So Ooh. if you're, yeah, if you're taking the the if you're interested in getting if you're going to take the PG exam in, in March, shoot me an email on the. Uh, on the flannel cast website, just go to the, the questions thing and it goes right to me. So, um, yeah, I can and, sit uh, on camera and just read, um, index cards at you for hours on end. That should help, wait. you know, flashcards. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this or, you know, we all can, we'll take turns. We'll just start reading flashcards. What is this? We can quiz each other. What do you think? I, I still got them right here. Ooh, all right. Come in. <laughs> we should do, that should be an episode. Would we pass the PG exam? You two? Silence. <laughs> the, I, I, I would love for you two to take the PG exam. I would love to see how that would go. Not great. I, I just don't like taking tests. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> all those economic geology questions. I'd be like, just leave it in the ground, man. <laughs> We could, Steve, where'd you get your questions from for that? Did you just, is there like a, uh, a book or something that you, 
Uh, yeah, I, I mean, there's all different kinds. You know, there's there's um, there are like I just bought these flashcards online. There's there's different classes you can take. I, I took a, a class that was very very helpful. Um, there's also like you know even like the PG exam for dummies type books, things like that. Um, so yeah, there's all different kinds of information out there, and and they're all very helpful. Some of them, you know, just basic even just the basics like test taking skills of calm down, narrow it down, you know, then take your best guess. Um, that was my strategy. And then, you know, if I, if I knew I absolutely 100% guessed on it, like I narrowed it down, it's definitely not this answer. Definitely not this answer. I'm guessing between these two answers, I put a little tick mark in my book next to that question. Then if I had time at the end, I would go all the way back to all those questions that I had little tick marks next to and then take another crack at it. And sometimes, you know, maybe you've had this in the, in the past where you take an exam and you, and you forget something and then, you know, maybe three pages down the line, that next question actually kind of refers to that old question. You're like, Oh, and it sparks something. And then you go back and you, you, you know, things like that. That's my test taking skills. So and I passed, so it worked. <laughs> All right, that's coming from professional, professional geologist Steve Peterson, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the only professional geologist on this podcast. Thank you very much. True. <laughs> it is true. It is true. He's the only also the only geologist. one without a PhD. So there, there's that our, too. We all bring our own expertise. We do. Mine's my fashion sense. I, I have <laughs> never been described as professional in any capacity. <laughs> Well, on that note, yeah. Thanks. Uh, if you want to get a hold of uh, Jamie, shoot me an email and uh, make that happen. If you're interested in studying for the professional geology exam of March of 2022. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, this episode is now over. Thank you so much for hanging out. Uh, this concludes. What, what episode are we like? One hundred and one hundred and twenty or something. One twenty three or twenty four. I can't remember. Wow. Time I, I want you to end every episode by saying this episode is now <laughs> over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, Jesse, what song I, are you taking us I, out with tonight? I mean, this song was like miscellaneous. Like, what is a song about miscellaneous songs of questions? Do you all have? I'm sort of at a loss. Bird, Birdhouse in Your Soul by They Might Be Giants. Oh, nice. I, I never understood that song. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I do like They Might Be Giants. So I'm kind of in. Um, yeah. All right. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. I was. I was thinking about that in the last couple of minutes. I was like, "There's there was no thread here, no comment, nope. nothing, nothing. This is no. just complete randomness for this for this episode." Oh, All and right, just just and one gentlemen. one more thing. Uh, God rest Bob Saget, yeah. Tem- oh, Temple God. Temple alum. So temple that's alum. right. He was a Temple alum. Yeah, temple graduated alum. in seventy eight. Yeah, he was Abington, he's... Pennsylvania, suburb that's of Philadelphia. Suburb where where. Chris, you were in Abington. Well, your parents live in Abington now. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I just recently moved to Abington. 
That's right. You're technically, yeah, you're in Abington Town. Right. Yeah. He was supposed to play at the Keswick in March. Ah, stinker. Oh, well. All right. Well, take care, everybody. Brush your hair. This episode is now over. 